Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. I think uh, the question that Rachel asks there at the end is something that we all find ourselves asking from time to time. Will Christmas be merry and bright forevermore? I think it's a, it's a similar question. We may have asked it a different way. Will my life be happy forever? Will things turn out for the good? Like it's our Christmas dream, isn't it? That our, that our lives be happy, that, that our lives be merry and bright. And there can be uncertainty, I think, that centers our life. It centers our world. Even though we have a desire, even though we have hopes, even though we have dreams, we all still have a question mark. Can it be, will it be possible for all of us to live a merry and bright forevermore? You know, for those of you who don't know our story personally, I actually married my high school sweetheart. We've been married for 25 years. We have uh, three children together, and uh, we took that scripture that the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. We took that one especially serious. And our kids watched our life. They watched how we grew. They watched how we loved each other. They watched how we disciplined them. They watched our lives. They've been a part of our family traditions. They've been a part of the good times and the not-so-good times. And I think our biggest goal for them was that they would have their own personal relationship with Jesus. You know, the Bible says if you, if you gain the whole world, but you lose your family, what does it profit you? And it, I think that especially applies to ministers' families. I really do. Uh, and so our kids all have this great relationship with the Lord, and that was our biggest goal. And over the last several months, I've watched them all individually. And every one of them have begun to um, develop an appetite, if you will, for the things of God. And not just the things of God, but even the deeper things of God. And they've all, without, without me asking them or, or probing them, they've all found these little books that I've had on my bookshelves, quite honestly, for years. I haven't even read them in a while. And every one of them have found these books, and they've become so intrigued by them. And what they are is they're, they're a group of books by the same publishing group, by the same authors or group of authors, and their interest in them has actually caused me to pick them back up and go back through them myself. And it's interesting because every one of the books all in the same way. On the back page of every book, there is this text that simply says, a sinner's prayer to receive Jesus as Savior. And I'm going to read it because every one of the books says the same thing. Um, it's, it's larger on my screen than it is in the book, so I'm going to read my screen. Uh, it says, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Every book says the same thing. Your word says, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You catch the King James there? It's all King James, which I kind of appreciate for some reason. So I know that you won't cast me out. 
but you take me in and I thank you for it. You said in your word, whosoever shall, come, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. I'm calling your name, so I know you've saved me now. You also said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then he goes on to say in the text, in the prayer, I believe in my heart Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he was raised from the dead for my justification, and I confess him now as my Lord. I appreciate the author's heart that maybe maybe someone would get a hold of this book who was far from God. And as they read to clear to the end of the book, they would find that prayer and recognizing in themselves that maybe they weren't as close to God as, as they could be, they would read that prayer and then become born again. The prayer simply finishes, because your word says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and I do believe with my heart, I have now become the righteousness of God in Christ, and I am saved. And then it says, thank you, Lord. It's a basic prayer that, that any new believer can pray and receive Jesus Christ in their heart. But it made me think about the prayer, especially during Christmas, during the time when we're, we're, we're recognizing Jesus, and if we're not careful, we can get too caught up in the, in the pace of Christmas that we forget the reason for Christmas. And so I just kind of analyzed the prayer a little bit a few weeks ago, that first part where it says, Dear Heavenly Father, for most people, your, your relationship with your father wasn't the greatest. And so when you see the phrase of, Dear Heavenly Father, it doesn't create happy feelings for, for some of us. In fact, most people's depiction of God is an angry person, right? Sometimes you see him, you know, he's got a lightning bolt, or he's always very, you know, if you can see a, a depiction of it, you, he's always angry, it seems like. In fact, I just Googled, right? I just Googled images of God, and I mean, look at him. He's got dents in between his eyes right there. You know what I mean? He's, he's very, very serious. And uh, was there another one? Yeah. So there, like, that one's creepy, okay? <laughs> that one's just creepy. But yet, when you Google images of God, these are the images that come up. So many people, when they hear the phrase, Heavenly Father, the word Father means something different to them. Maybe your father left you. Maybe your father harmed you in some way or, or was too busy for you. But for whatever the reason, the term father doesn't produce super great emotions in some of us. Now, that's not everybody. But for those that that is the case, then when you hear the phrase heavenly father, it doesn't do much for you. Jesus actually describes our heavenly father best in the book of Luke chapter 15. This is the story that so oftentimes is referred to as the prodigal son. 
And for those of you who may not be familiar with it, it's the story of a son who comes to his father and asks for his inheritance early. His father gives it to him. And if you're familiar with the story, then you know he goes out and begins to proceed in what is called wild living. Use your imaginations, okay? This is all the Bible says, depending on what translation you read, wild living. He gets to this place where he finds himself at the very end of the money, the very end of his inheritance, and quite honestly, the very end of what he thought his life was supposed to be. He's just trying to make ends meet. He's working for a pig farmer. As he's feeding, as he's feeding, no, as he's feeding the pigs, he's longing to eat what the pigs are eating. And he comes to this awareness that even his father's servants eat better than this. Even his father's servants are taking care better than this. And he has this plan, I'll go back to my father and I'll beg, basically. You, you kind of get this in, in, impression that he's going to beg that he could be just treated like one of the servants. Luke chapter 15, verse 20, he returns home. And the Bible goes into detail about the posture of the father. So he got up, he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. In other words, his father was looking every single day. Is this the day when he comes home? Is this the day when he comes home? He never, ever gave up on his son and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You know, so many times we see the story from the son's perspective. And I think for a lot of us, it's because we, we see ourselves as the son. We see ourselves as the prodigal one who for whatever reason has gone away from a good, loving, heavenly father. The story's not about a reckless son. It's actually about a loving, compassionate, forgiving, heavenly father. You know, God's deepest desire is that you would see him that way. The, the, the prayer in the back of the book goes on to say something along the lines of, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word says, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So I know you won't cast me out. But you take me in and I thank you for it. That's a picture of your Heavenly Father. That no matter what we've done today, no matter, no matter what kind of life we've led, he's always there with his arms open and he's ready for you to come back home. The prayer goes on to say, you said in your word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm calling on your name so I know you have saved me. Not only does our heavenly father draw us back to him, but he also recognizes the need for a savior, a savior of the world. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone means everyone. There are no stipulations. There are no hoops to jump through. There are no rules. 
In other words, everyone means you. Everyone means me. To call on the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 16 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now look, look at this. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. It's because Jesus provided a way for you and I to come to the Father. So many people think that there are several different ways to heaven. They think being a good person will get you to heaven. Well, I haven't killed anybody, haven't stole anything, right? I'm a, I'm a decent guy. I, I try not to think bad thoughts, but Jesus said none of that matters because he is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to salvation. He is salvation. In fact, the whole reason we're celebrating this weekend is because of Jesus. We recognize that the birth of Jesus, we see the pretty lights and we're all getting ready for our little get-togethers and our family feasts and everything, but really it is all about Jesus. And if we're not careful, we can lose the meaning of the season. In fact, um, my dad was telling me a story a few years ago. He was in the mall and, uh, you know, it was around Christmas time, and this particular mall had a display in the center, and uh, of course, all the typical scenes were there. You know, there's Santa, and the reindeer, and the elves, and the toys, and the workshop, and then there was the nativity, and Jesus, right, the little baby Jesus, and the camels, and the wise men, and everybody was there, right? And he said that the, a, a mom came up with, with her little boy, and the little boy runs up, and he's just wide-eyed, right? And the, the mom says to the little boy, who's that little Johnny? I don't know if his name was Johnny. I'm just inserting that name, right? Who's that little Johnny? And the boy says, that's Santa. And then he stopped and he paused and he looked down and he's like, but who's the baby laying there, mom? Like the little boy didn't know the story of Jesus. The mom had never slowed down to tell him the story of Jesus. The prayer goes on at the end of the book. It says, you also said, if you, will, if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shalt, King James, shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I believe in my heart Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he was raised from the dead for my justification, and I confess him now as my, as my Lord. Meaning simply this, we have a part to play in it. So many people think, well, I can just be a good person and I'll get to heaven. I'll be a good person and I will live for eternity. True story, because we all live for eternity. We just get to choose where we live. It takes more than being a good person. It actually, there's an action involved, right? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, there's more than just only believing. There's a confessing part or a saying part. I believe, and I so appreciate the heart of, 
of the author putting this prayer in the back of every one of these little books because I've always found it interesting that the scripture mentions saying before he mentions believing. Did you ever notice that? He mentions saying, then he mentions believing. And I know for me as a 17-year-old boy trying to figure out his way in life, I wanted to know more about this Jesus. I wanted to know more on how to make my life merry and bright. I wanted to I wanted to have a happily ever after. I wanted to live a life that I'd always dreamed about. And so when I read that scripture for the very first time about saying and then believing, I just invited Jesus to come into my heart. I didn't know a whole lot. I couldn't honestly tell you if down on the inside of me, I genuinely, truly, truly believed. I just hoped that he was real. Are you with me, friends? I just wanted more in my life. Something happens when you say a prayer like that. Something happens. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he, raised, uh, he was raised from the dead for my justification, and I confess him now as my Lord. As a 17-year-old, I didn't even know what the word justification meant. But I came across that book. At the end of that book, there was that prayer. Now I know justification simply means just as if you had never sinned. That's the price that Jesus paid for you and I. The, the prayer simply goes on. Your word says that with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And I do believe with my heart. And I have now become the righteousness of God in Christ. And I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Saved from what, though? Saved from what? See, as a 17-year-old boy who doesn't know much about Jesus, I didn't know what I was saved from. But so many of us, I think we have an idea of what hell is, but I think we lose the concept. In our fast-paced busyness of life, we forget about eternity. We forget about forever. We forget about from everlasting to everlasting. And we forget that we all will choose to live someplace for all eternity. Have you ever been someplace and it seems like it just never ends? We were at a play the other day. It felt like it just never ends. <laughs> right? I can remember when our kids were, were really little, we took our family to Branson. And uh, I wanted them, I, I didn't know the name of the team, of the band, but I knew there was a group that would travel the world and they would sing Christmas songs. I know now that it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra, right? And so the, the, the name Orchestra, I just, I just saw one video of a dude with long hair and one of those sick, like 1980s, you know, like, really cool rock guitars and he was playing carol of the bells it was just super cool and i wanted to take my family to that i didn't know the name of them and so i remember i asked someone i worked with hey what's the name of that group that travels we're going to branson i'm going to see if maybe they're there 
And she was like, oh, the group that travels and sings Christmas songs? Yeah, that group. She says, she says it's Manaheim Steamroller. Steam, that sounds like a rock band. Manaheim Steamroller. This is great. So I, I call my mom and I'm like, mom, we're going to go see Manaheim Steamroller. It's going to be so cool, man. They, they took all these great Christmas songs and they just rock them out. It's going to be amazing. And she's like, are you sure? I said, yeah. And I looked and all the Branson shows were there and at the plaza, right? The big, the big theater back then. Anaheim Steamrollers, Christmas Spectacular. We bought all of our tickets. All of us went. And that year, their Christmas show was very eclectic. Lots of flutes, lots of harps, right? Very Renaissance flair, okay? Didn't recognize one of the Christmas songs. And there I am with my young children and my family that I'm like, it's gonna be great. And they're all just looking down the row at me. And it went on forever. <laughs> Two hours later, they gave us an intermission. We couldn't leave. We paid for the tickets. It felt like eternity. But that's nothing compared to the real eternity. The whole reason that Jesus came to save us was to save us from hell but also to save us to something, to save us to an incredible life. So many people think a life with Jesus is about everything I have to give up. That's not what it's about. It's about everything that you actually receive when you have a life with Jesus. In reality, Jesus is about all the things that you get. You get merry and bright. John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come. The reason we're here this weekend, the reason we even celebrate Jesus, the reason he's here, he tells us, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Then it's interesting because at the end of every one of these little books, you get down to the end of the prayer and there's a place there where you can sign it and date it. Because the author knew something. That if you prayed that prayer and you were far from God, that this date would mean something to you. That this moment would change everything for you. Because life change like this is meaningful. It's the day that changed everything forever. The biggest change in my life was when I made that decision to live for Jesus. Maybe you're in here today. Maybe you're far from God. 
Or maybe it's been a long time since you've said that prayer or really had any kind of a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you should say that prayer today. And so all I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on the screen and we're going to say it together. And if you're in the room today and you're far from God, or maybe you need to rededicate your life, what I would like you to do is just allow the words to connect with your heart and allow yourself to experience Jesus. So say this with me. Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word says, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So I know you won't cast me out. But you take me in. And I thank you for it. You said in your word, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm calling on your name. So I know you have saved me now. You also said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe that he was raised from the dead for my justification. And I confess him now as my Lord. Because your word says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And I do believe with my heart. And I've now become the righteousness of God in Christ. And I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on, it just does something to you, doesn't it? Amen. Now, remember this day, December the 23rd, 2018, the day that changed everything for you. Amen. We wanted to do something special to seal this moment this year. When you walked in, you should have received a candle. You'll grab that candle. We're going to have a a special moment here where we light candles. You should have got a little paper disc that went with it. You'll have to kind of use your thumb and poke it in there and stick the candle in there. We want to have a a candlelit service. Do you know in almost 10 years we've never done this? Our team got together this year and they said, why don't, why don't we do something special at the end of service? Let's, let's have a candlelight service. And so 
Grab your candles. Isaiah chapter 9 says this about Jesus. To people walking in a land of darkness, a light has come. We celebrate Christmas with lights. We have Christmas trees. We light the house. It's a season of lights. And the reason we use lights is it's a symbol of the light that Jesus has come into darkness. It's a pretty dark world. I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said, darkness cannot drive away darkness, only light. Jesus is the light. But what Christmas is all about is that our Heavenly Father did not leave us alone in a dark world. He sent His light to us. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to light my candle, and then I'm going to have a few of you from the front rows just kind of come up here and let me light your candle and then you guys go back to your seats and light the person's candle behind you and then just kind of pass it. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.